Greetings, good people, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Check, Please. I am his lady in your hippie homegirl, Ari, and this, my friends, is episode 40. What? We have made it. We are at 40. We are at the end of, what month is this? April, yes. So this is our 420-ish version, and um, I am just so honored and grateful for tonight's guest speaker yes 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 this is my big sis but let me just give you guys a little introduction and um yes then we can get started so who i have as a guest speaker tonight to talk about cannabis first and foremost let me just give a disclaimer anyone interested in cannabis please be 21 years of age or older in a legalized um, state or residence, please do not get in trouble. There are lots of legalities still going on. I am in a state that where it is not legal. However, there are certain workarounds and there are certain um, laws that do allow uh, consumption from a law, uh, from a, excuse me, from a state-based side versus a federally regulated and approved level. So with that said, Cannabis is definitely one of those things. It's a tricky situation, tricky topic. Please be 21 before you even get an idea of actual consumption, just like you have to be over 21 to buy tobacco products. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, we have Drew Ledbetter, who is an experienced clinician, speaker, change management coach, and is new to the cannabis space as a cannabis entrepreneur. She is the co-founder, CEO, and COO of Flower Express and Build a Life Legacy. Drew is a testament of tenacity, vision, and compassion, and hopes to transform her community by becoming a beacon for social justice and equity in the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, Drew, my sister. (laughs) <laughs> how you doing how you doing doing good it has been a long time coming so you know i'm so glad and honored that you are here absolutely grateful yes so how's it going how's everything how was your day <laughs> everything is awesome this is so funny because we've been talking about recording together for years now I know. Um, And we've (laughs) talked about it from the clinical standpoint. We've talked about it when I was in a life coach space um, primarily. And now I'm in cannabis and we're actually doing it and honoring 420. (laughs) And your birthday just passed. So happy, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So let's jump into this because, you know, we all know cannabis is a very you know, it's a very cliche topic. It's a very, you know, nuanced topic. It's very uncertain, uncharted territory for a lot of people. Even if they do use it, they just don't know a lot of the science behind it. They don't know a lot of the business side behind it. They don't know a lot of the health benefits. So I just want to ask you, like, when did you first discover cannabis as a health benefit for yourself? So I will tell you the very long story. I'm actually um, out of Massachusetts now, but I was living in Georgia um, Mm -hmm. and I started suffering from insomnia, like pretty severe insomnia. um, And it was associated to postpartum depression after having my second child. So Mm -hmm. I had, I've been, I was going through a divorce. I had just had a baby. I was like a sudden single mom. And then of course I had two kids now. 
I was like, what is going on here? And mm-hmm. I was still go, go, go. I was a nurse manager for a renal unit and I was opening a new uh, renal department and launched an entire program for those types of patients. So I was like high level all the time, type A personality. And all of a sudden I couldn't sleep. Um, and I collapsed at work at one point. So then my boss had to like have a conversation with me and ask me what's going on. And I was like, Oh, this, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. Um, and, and she suggested I take some time off and I, I'm grateful that that suggestion even came. Um, and when I took time off, I started therapy and, um, probably for three months I went to therapy and literally sat in there in the exact same clothes I wore the week before and mm. cried for an hour, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the therapist is like, you know, um, I could keep taking your money, but I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm doing any good over here um, since, you know, things aren't going well. And I'm of Caribbean descent and I was raised by a mom who's a pastor. Like, I'm like as strict conservative as it comes. Like, our family mm-hmm. is super strict and conservative. And right. there's still there's still a huge stigma around mental health. So right. one, I, I, I couldn't even tell my mama I was struggling with depression. Um, so that was the first hurdle. And the second one was I didn't want to get on medication, but I know I knew I needed something. Therapy mm-hmm, was not mm-hmm. cutting it, right? Right. My my therapist suggested that I get a medical marijuana card and try tinctures, which are legal through the medical program in the state of Georgia. Yes. Um, and, and that was for the insomnia because he said, if you can't sleep and that's your biggest symptoms, you need medication. If you're not interested in medication, have you considered cannabis oil? And that's mm. the first time I even thought about it. Um, mind you, I have, I grew up in Boston. I, I've been, I've been around marijuana, but I was again, goody two shoes growing up, super strict mm-hmm. religious family. Right. It wasn't something that I was ever really into. And now I'm at age 32 um, getting told that I should probably try that for medical benefits. So now I have to shift my own thinking first and say, mm. is this okay? Right. right. Um, and then um, realizing all the hoops you have to jump through in the state of Georgia to get a medical card. And then also right. understanding that once you have your medical card, you lose access to your gun licenses. You can't, That's they correct. can't coexist. Right. Because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you smoke weed, you're going to start shooting folks with your legal gun. Exactly. <laughs> Silly. Silly foolishness. So, but yeah. <laughs> so I had to make a decision. And um, as a single woman in northern rural Georgia, I was in Ackworth at the time. I, I found more benefit in having my legal gun license than I did a medical cannabis card for something that I, I did not know if it was going to work or not. Right. Right. Um. So I went legacy. And um, for those who don't know what legacy is, is what some people call the illegal market or the, um, you know, the streets. <laughs> mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I went legacy and, and sis, man, I'm telling you, whoever was my legacy person at the time got paid, paid, paid. Because <laughs> um, I was paying $20 for one blunt that I would take one hit off every night. And that's how I went to sleep. Mm. And now that I know, <laughs> that person right. was they were smoking on me okay smoking Listen. on me <laughs> was, but shout out to them still because listen here got you to sleep which is what you needed at the time for real um so after 
that experience, I was like, Ooh. this is necessary. This is important. Right. I cannot lose this opportunity um, to have rest and to feel normal in the morning. Um, right. and, and that was my first experience with cannabis. That was my first interaction. Um, mm. and, it, and it was simply like, I need to sleep and this is important. And this is the only thing that's getting me there. And, um, and it was, it was a blessing. I mean, I had been out of work for six to seven months before I started, um, consuming and I went back to work at the eighth month mark right after, um, mm-hmm. it, it was literally like <laughs> magic. Um, wow, and it and it really helped. Um, but it also started opening up my my awareness. Right, mm-hmm, uh, one mm-hmm. of the, one of the things we don't often talk about is how how cannabis um, opens up your awareness and allows you to relax enough so that your brain is not screaming at you all the time, and you're yes. truly processing and and connecting. Yes. So then, <laughs> so guess what happens when you process and connect? wounds girl the wounds yes. start showing up they, they come, oh yes they, they show you up realize like you need to heal <laughs> <laughs> right i'm telling you these wounds came like i owe them money all right like okay. hey <laughs> now, now that you're thinking and not go go going and let's think about this and i'm like right. oh man so then i had to i had to continue therapy so not only did i get to sleep and get back to work but it allowed me to have a productive therapy um, relationship um, with wow. my uh, practitioner, practitioner, because it's like that's important too. If you're just right. in therapy and you're shut off, and you're—I mean, all I did was cry for months. I'm telling you. And mm. um, now I was able to talk and kind of right. process and talk through the wounds and and all the things that had gotten me to the point I was in life at that moment. Right. And right. That's that was my first cannabis experience and, and it's wow. definitely had more benefits as the years go on right that's so amazing and you're absolutely 100% correct about just you know cannabis being that that damn near like binder between just you like it brings you back to you that's one thing I can say cannabis will definitely center you if you let it you know, because I've had people who have told me about their experiences where, you know, it wasn't, wasn't as pleasant or wasn't as, you know, just something, it basically made them run away from it. But, but they have to understand, it's like, if you're not even understanding that there is something that needs to be healed, let alone ready to heal, it, it could be a very detrimental experience because it's going to make you look at yourself and it may not be, you know, everybody's first experience it might be you know your 10th experience or whatever but either way cannabis can definitely open up a sense of just absolute understanding if you are in a place of receiving it so I'm just glad that you had a good experience and you didn't you know shy away from it because I know you know it can people can say like oh you get paranoid certain things now certain strains can do that however it's always going to be in your mind first though like that's just one of those things it's just it can trigger you depending on what's going on and what your intentions are with it so it's like the fact that you were using it with the intention of okay hopefully I'll find relief I'm just glad that you were able to seek that you know no and and that's the part right so we talk about cannabis and in the way that people recognize it it's the you know sensationalized marketed 
version of cannabis, people getting high, being lazy. I mean, mm-hmm. think about all the movies we watched about people smoking their lives away, right? Oh, yeah. We even, oh, have, yeah. A, we even have a song, Because I Got High, I Did Absolutely right. Nothing, right? Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So there's this imagery that's been um, perpetuated in history, mm-hmm. in media, um, even the war on drugs, the very... Um, targeted war on drugs i know i hear you chuckling child it's it it was a marketing campaign and it It was was. a genius marketing campaign because it was (laughs) they villainized healing in the the most natural sense um and big pharma happened to coincidentally take over (laughs) around the same time oh yeah we so it's you know people don't look at how history is compounded and layered like the war on drugs and the rise of big pharma happened literally in the same in the same time frame um mind you previous presidents used to grow hemp right at the white house so they understood they understood as a product Yes. yes they understood all that so it's like you have to think about all those images and really um the other issue is people that are consuming are typically younger than the age you should be trying things like this and their brain development is still happening and they're consuming to escape. A lot of people consume to escape and they, you know, or the consume to be cool. It's just like cigarettes. Like exactly. It could be social for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like the 13 year olds I used to see smoking cigarettes and I'd be like, what, what the hell are they doing? Right, um, that's the right. same reaction we should have if we see teenagers smoking weed like what exactly. are you doing this is not yes for it's from children. the earth but yeah it's from the earth but it's definitely you know it's supposed to be for you know major majority of uh fully developed brains and that's not until you're about the age of 2021 so yeah yeah adult- definitely it's called, <laughs> it's, it's called adult use for a reason right exactly plus even adults sometimes don't have the level of discrepancy to be able to stop themselves so what would make you think a kid who has you know regular access because it's you know natural or whatever not as bad as you know alcohol whatever whatever the fact that they have access at such an early age that can definitely stunt their their growth from a a maturity standpoint it can definitely mess with the chemical components that make up you know their decision making skills and things like that it's just it's developmentally not a sound idea so anybody who knows someone or you know has somebody who's younger know it's not going to kill them however from a growth perspective it's not something that should be um readily readily available and consumed you know from somebody who's not of of the legal age it just shouldn't just shouldn't be that you know just be very mindful of that even people who are 18 19 years old like you just you got to be mindful. A lot of people do not have a level of um, self-discipline. It just, it's just that simple, you know? So I yeah, totally and, agree with that. And, and what I, the, the side piece of that would be saying microdosing is so effective when you're first introducing yourself to cannabis. 100%. But most, pe- most people, because their first introduction is social, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like when you first start drinking, you take a right. you, there's shot rounds and you're taking shots. You don't realize that you can get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> um, you have no idea what your tolerance is. No, no idea. <laughs> you have none. You have no idea how much you can drink, what alcohol does to your body. Like, um, so you you really have to be responsible. And I think that that's the other piece of really beginning any journey, especially a cannabis journey or any medical holistic journey. 
you have to um, test um, even yeah. with certain healthcare uh, products or even like topical lotions. They say, put it in a small area of your skin yes. and test first. Right. And if it doesn't give you more, that's how you should exactly. think of cannabis. <laughs> 100%. Microdosing is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's something that people don't, um, don't consider, you know, like if you're, right. if you're really trying to get into cannabis, um, you know, taking um, a larger dose is not going to be the best experience and you probably won't want to interact with it anymore. Exactly. Um, Overconsumption so is real. You can get yeah. sick as if you have drank, especially if you're consuming cannabis on an empty stomach. If you're not aware of your tolerance boundaries, you can definitely get sick, like nauseous sick. And it'll be a rough night for you. Like, obviously, you won't, you know, have like the spins or anything like you would if you were drinking. But it's it's definitely not pleasant. That's for sure. <laughs> no. And I mean, if you think about it, right, we're of the era where uh, weed brownies were the thing, right? Oh, um, my goodness. And I remember probably ninth or 10th grade. And yes, Ariel, I've known Ariel this long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, probably ninth or 10th grade. Um one of the kids brought like brownies and gave it to one of the teachers. And mm. the reason he got caught was because the teacher got violently sick. Absolutely. Um, just having the brownie, it made them really, really sick because it right. was way too much THC for somebody who's not a consumer. Um, exactly. And that's typically what happens. Yeah. So you got to be mindful. You got to be careful. You got to be mindful. Definitely. Definitely. Which is why you should be, you know, handling that with care and you should be making sure that you are you know, of legal age and sound mind to be able to even be consuming such a thing because you definitely will have a pretty rotten experience. But I do want to ask you, so since incorporating cannabis in your life, can you say how it has positively affected you? I mean, initially it was, I just need to sleep and it got me to sleep, right? Yep, yep. As I, as I continued to, to heal, grow, um, it, you know, the adult anxiety is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I never, I'm never shy about my mental health um, journey just because I, I was a young girl with a lot of depression that I masked with like overcompensated joy, right? Mm-hmm, so I never mm-hmm. dealt with it. But, and then when I got to college and I was isolated, I had episodes where um, I had two suicide attempts in college because I had depression that had been chronic and these acute triggers pushed me over the edge. So right. I, I had never, I've never shied away from, from my story and my, the healing power of therapy because I, I began therapy in, at the, after the second attempt in college because they were like, mm-hmm. well, you got to go to therapy or you got to get off campus because we ain't going to be about that life. Um, <laughs> they're like, well, you are a liability, sis. Okay, you go to therapy. <laughs> That's right. They called me a whole liability. It was like, you can't stay here unless you in therapy. Okay, <laughs> work this out. Um, so I, I started therapy and I, I've used therapy throughout my life just to kind of right. deal and heal. And, you know, and, um, and when I was, again, I would say at the beginning, it, I just need to sleep. So I was like, right. you know, well, this is, this is worth getting some sleep. It's, it's cheaper <laughs> than prescriptions, you know, it's cheaper than Benadryl. <laughs> like, you know, like it was, it was like, Hey, um, but then as you grow and heal and you evolve the, the other health benefits. So I started learning, right. And when you learn about the plant, you don't think cannabis, um, THC only, you think the plant and you think CBD and you think yes. terpenes and you think yes. what other things can this plant give me? And, exactly. um, 
and I, and I'm, I became a runner after my divorce. Like, um, I've, I've done a bunch of races, um, a bunch nice. of, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, and, and as age is creeping up on me, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it is a lot easier to run with some CBD in my system because it Absolutely. helps me with my joints and it helps with the pain sensation. Yes. So yes. I've learned to explore and I understand like, I, um, I have a very good understanding mm-hmm. of how um, cannabis affects me because mm-hmm. essentially I've tested it for the last nine years. Now I'm telling y'all how old I am. <laughs> if I tell you when I started and now I'm telling you how long it's been going on. Um, if you can math, math it out. <laughs> math it out, but I ain't saying it out loud. You know what I'm saying? That part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like, there's this app now called Tetagram. And shout mm-hmm. out to uh, Otha. Shout out to the, you know, the, the black men in the cannabis industry. I always give him some love. Yes, Otha yes. has this app. He's based out of Maryland and it's really to help you journal your your cannabis journey like how does this strain and find the strains that affect you and document it um i love that it's dope it's like this whole analytics platform i'm i'm probably minimizing what it really is but i'll send you his handle maybe you could tag him on this podcast episode yeah for sure Um, but essentially um people have um opportunities to use other means to track and learn and discover and journal their cannabis experience so i know when it's time to run, I yep. need this tincture from this supplier because it's yep. this strain and this helps my hip, right? Right, um, right. If I need to write, because I'm still a writer, I'm still a life coach, um, mm-hmm. I need, you know, I need an early morning sativa and maybe I need to take that in a, you know, in a gummy form or I need to take right. that in a pill form. Um, and you just have to really understand your own body's response and you right. have to learn I think people don't want to learn. People just want to go to the dispensaries or go to the store and be like, what is the highest concentration of THC? I just want to get high. Oh, and yeah. you're missing out on all the beautiful health benefits of yes. actual consumption that's responsible and informed. Inf- oof, oof, that's the word, informed. And when you're actually in tune and you're, once again, being intentional with your consumption, you can actually track focus understand what works for you what works for you better you know and really have an idea of what what your you know what your vibe is going to be versus like oh I just want to be high like yeah the euphoric effects are great however there's so much more it's such it's so much more complex than just that and I feel like people get caught up on that people who who want to consume and people who don't think you should be consuming it just based off of the euphoric effects alone and it's like there's so much more to it than that. And it really can be a health benefit if you allow it to do its job and you're really, you know, taking the time to understand what it's doing for your body. Because everybody is different. Everybody is going to break it down differently. Everyone is going to have a different, you know, you can have a generalized experience or what you can expect, you can kind of expect, but it's it's going to be different for each and every person. Absolutely. You know? And my, my question always is, is like, for people who have the negative mindset that, you know, what is wrong with euphoria? Like, since when is there's that There's nothing thing? wrong. I know. There's <laughs> nothing wrong. If you if you love endorphins and things of that nature, then yeah, this is definitely, this definitely trumps that. So it's like, it, there's nothing wrong with being in a euphoric state. And I feel like because 
it's something that, but but that's one thing that people don't know. You actually do produce cannabinoids in your in your system naturally. Like that's just something that you naturally produce, and people have no idea, which is which goes back to just having a lack of awareness of self. You know, not really knowing the chemical components of what goes on in your actual body to even know that like the plant pretty much is working off of what it already has, and it's just bringing it to a, a different level it's, it's it's bringing your height and your sense of awareness just to a peak and that's pretty much what it does it's 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 all about your receptors so it's definitely having a conversation with yourselves it's definitely you know contributing to certain things in your body but it's it's definitely uh helping with the natural makeup of what's already there people yeah. just don't know that and I mean, I'm about to put my nurse hat on. Um, Go ahead. Put your nurse no, hat on. Boo. Really? Because we have an endocannabinoid system. And, and that's yes. exactly, if you don't have receptors for mm-hmm. certain chemicals, they will have no effect on you. That's correct. <laughs> um, so we wouldn't be able to really feel certain things. Um, I mean, people have tried a lot of things and I'm sure somebody smoked basil before. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like weed was not the first thing somebody smoked. We just have part. an internal system and it's part of our central nervous system yes. that has recent that respond to cannabis because we have an entire endocannabinoid system. And this exactly. is something that has been intentionally left out of medical training. Um, yes. And now it's becoming a big, big research opportunity. So one of the things that we've done as a brand, um, and I know we'll talk about the brand and the business later, is really align ourselves with what we already have. So I'm a mm-hmm. clinician. I, I, I've i already participated and engaged with clinical research. Um, mm-hmm. Clinical research needs to happen with cannabis. Guess yes. what? I, gr- I can grow it and I can sell it to the researchers. Um, and and those are the systems that people are not like we have to create ecosystems for Mm -hmm. every niche and every subsector of cannabis because we have the hemp growers who are still um there's a whole textile industry out of hemp and a whole beauty industry emerging out of hemp and we need hemp that's consistent and hemp that's healthy and hemp that can in large amounts because there's people like you know People like uh, Unilever making hemp products, and these are the people mm. that make Dove or deodorants, and and, and they're mm. selling it at Walmart. So mm-hmm. guess what? They need a lot of hemp in a state like right. Georgia. Being a hemp farmer is not illegal. You right. Know, like these are the things that our community is missing out on because we don't have the information out there, and we're not That's talking correct. about these connections between the plant and, and the business and all that. But I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Girl. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I just want to say, and not all hemp is uh, responsibly sourced. Let's just say that. So there are not, not everyone is, is going for the organic, you know, most quality product. Um, some people are, are getting hemp any way they can. And it's damn near like consuming or utilizing motor oil. It's just, one of those things where when you have it responsibly sourced and you can actually trust it and you are using it for health benefits, that's something you need to know. That's you, you need to know how to, like you said, have that ecosystem to track where you're actually getting your products from, where, you know, who's actually responsible for putting these products out. Somebody like a Unilever, in theory, yeah, looks good because we know the business and we know the company, but we don't know if that's, you know, if they're getting it in bulk from a, from a quality re- or a reliable source. We just don't know. 
So someone like yourself who would have, you know, possibly would are you going to have hemp? Are you going to have hemp in your um in your uh business endeavors? No, I know. We're actually growing. We're in a legal state, so we're going to grow the right. the money maker. <laughs> I know that's right. We're going to grow the money maker and then um and we're going to do it really responsibly, but we're we're trying to grow the best medical grade cannabis in the state of Massachusetts. I love that. I love um, that. Oof, that's the mission. The state of Massachusetts. You hear that? Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so all that to say, yeah, it's definitely good to know. It's definitely um, something that needs to be understood just with the inner workings. It's, it's once again, so much deeper than just oh, getting high. Obviously, um, hemp is a different layer of the cannabis plant because hemp does not have you know those euphoric properties but it is good for like you said textiles good for paper it's good for clothes I think at one point I don't want to be misquoted but I feel like didn't um Ford didn't he build a car out of hemp at one time I I wouldn't know but that sounds like a really cool fact I know that they're using it now um, even in construction for sustainable right. housing, they're making yep. hemp bricks yes. um, because they're using the byproduct to to make hemp bricks in our, our building homes, which is kind of cool. You see, and that's a major untapped industry, by the way, because that's going to be huge. But um, so let's pivot real quick to the professional side of the cannabis space. So let me ask you, the fact that you are a budding, you know, cannabis entrepreneur in a legal state with, you know, your own facility, your own dispensary and all of that, what for, I guess, the community around you, because I know you had to get like the approval and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've talked about that with having all the meetings and everything that you had to set up to even get this whole thing approved and aligned. What would you say were people's biggest hangups when it came to cannabis? Because it is legal where you are. Girl, it all depends on where you were. Um, initially, I would say for Build a Life Legacy, which I'm a co-founder and COO, that's a dispensary retail facility in the city. Mm -hmm. And in the city, the biggest smell is people think that it's just going to smell, no matter whether it's secured, wow. finished, packaged. They're like, is it going to have a smell? Is the community going to smell like, is it going to smell like Snoop's here? You know, like that's one. Of the <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, what? What? And you would think like, I'm like, it's a retail facility. I mean, I mean, it'd be nice if it smelled like weed, but it's it right. probably won't. <laughs> no. Um, but what they, an they odd thought, thing to think. Like. Yeah, I know. And those are like, these are re like, when you start talking to the community, you realize how much education part of you building a business mm -hmm. um, is going to include. Um, right. We really, um, a lot of the community conversations were around stigma. They were like, mm -hmm. I mean, let's start at home, right? I've said mm -hmm. it earlier in the podcast. My mom is a pastor, right? Right. I had to tell my mom I was, I was gonna, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a Caribbean person. So if you're Caribbean, this, you're gonna get a kick out of this. I told my Caribbean mama that I was going to quit nursing to go uh, sell weed. Weed! <laughs> <laughs> that was probably as bad as when she found out I had a tattoo, man. She clutched all her pearls. Goodness, um, my goodness. <laughs> and, um, so I had to teach my, I had to educate my mom. I had yes. to educate, um, my foreign born and raised very religious conservative parent 
around um, cannabis. And mm-hmm. she she was like, you're going to sell crack? And I'm like, man, no. <laughs> no. Wrong lane. They're both wrong- labeled dope, but it's not the same. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's a plant. And like, mother, no, I'm not... I'm I'm not selling crack. Don't don't worry. Um and and to help my mother understand, one of the things I did is I started growing a plant to kind of show her. And also, um, this is a part that a lot of people don't talk about. Like I educated my children on the plant. Um, the same way that people treat alcohol. You tell your kids don't drink until you're twenty one. These That's are the right. effects of alcohol. That's you should right. I, I'm educating children on this is the plant. Mama's growing it. They've seen the whole live process of it. They know not mm. to touch it. They know not to consume it. They, mm-hmm. it's, it's called education and awareness. And people are so afraid to talk to their kids about it. Um, my kids can give you a whole dissertation on cannabis, the plant, and why you shouldn't consume it when you're young because they're hearing it on a consistent basis. And I'm in the space where I can't hide, right? Right, I, I, right. I'm, I'm running a business um, remotely from my, you know, my office is where they do their homework, right? Right. So if we if we don't start having these responsible conversations with the children, they're not going to know either. So that was like sidebar. Yeah, they're gonna but, they're gonna get it from their friends, and their friends don't know. So everybody's exactly. gonna be not in the know, trying to figure it out together collectively, which we don't want because we've done that. It, okay, exactly. So then one <laughs> of the the hangups were are usually around, you know, it is it, you know, can you get addicted and mm-hmm. um can you know can it infect me? It's almost it was almost like COVID <laughs> questions, right? <laughs> oh you know, my God. like. I at one point I was like, do they think we're selling biohazard fuel? Like I'm not sure. <laughs> like I always say that. Like even the the way the policies are written and the guidances and the state rules and laws, like you would think that we're selling like biohazard fuel. We need hazmat suits. Um, right. It's so regulated. Um, mm. But I think the biggest um, piece is always around. I, I call it educating our elders. And yes. One of oh one of. One of the things that um, really helped my mom connect with cannabis was mm-hmm. a topical shea butter that was infused, Ooh. right? Yeah. Arthritis. Yeah, listen, I'm telling you, I, I just hit I manufacturing person up because I need one because uh, my carpet tone has been acting up. But yes. essentially, my mother trying a topical that made her arthritis feel better and didn't make her high. And she was like, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. This right? can work. Yeah, like, and um, I know that you make CBD bath bombs, which mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like, people don't understand that you can consume or you can get some of the benefits from the plant without ever oh, yeah. putting a joint to your face. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, like, <laughs> and especially in a market, like an illegal market, you have a lot of options. And in, right. in, in a state that's restricting... Um, the plant and its health benefits out of fear, I, I feel bad because you're missing yeah. out on a lot of um, help um, right. for, for mind, body, and soul. Um, because and it's literally somebody, a lack of knowledge at that point. Or somebody yeah. got got big pharma in their pocket because that's the only other, you know, real reason to just go ahead and, you know, completely negate from something that is natural, that is, you know, he- health and wellness um you know driven if you know what you're doing so yeah no. for sure and i mean and and let's not get it twisted right money is green big business is big business big pharma mm. has invested 6.7 billion dollars this year alone 
and purchasing cannabis research organizations. You see? Okay. So mm-hmm. like and not just they're in on it. Pfizer got the memo, right? Right. And, they have, and they're well capitalized, and they have the uh, the ability to dump out six point seven billion dollars in cash because federally you can't you can't that can't be a transaction. You have no, to have not. that liquid because yeah. of the federal schedules. Um, exactly. So essentially, they already know what they have to do to get ahead once the federal legalization kicks in. They know 100%. that people are going to want plant based medicine. And they want first dibs because they have the money to, to start collecting research organizations and start doing research. I mean, right. um, what, Bayer and the, Monsanto? <laughs> listen, don't they have their grips in, in the medical marijuana industry? Like, been in the medical uh, marijuana industry, just building, just waiting. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> honestly, the only, and it's this interesting fact as I was looking more into medical research and marijuana was mm-hmm. that there's only one drug that is um, used that has active like a high enough THC dose and it's a children's seizure medication um, I believe that I that's believe the only that. approved one and I, re- I remember this kid that used to give out his seizure meds in college and I just didn't understand why and I was a nurse's student going is he crazy isn't he afraid of seizures and it was because <laughs> he could sell his THC seizure medicine right yep. and, and, and still participate socially from the legacy market and not get sick exactly um, so wow. he was he was double dipping. <laughs> I was about to say he was double dipping. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Smart but man. it's like yeah, <laughs> but essentially those are the things that like everybody needs to keep their eyes open in the in the industry. Um, there's there's little equity. Um, I will say there's in Massachusetts two percent of the cannabis owned businesses are people of color. Wow. Um, yeah, we're we're not we're not far up there, right? And mm. um, to be uh, the first woman of color owned cultivation facility uh, is my understanding that we would be the first approved, especially for the woo, canopy woo, size woo, that woo. we're going for. Yeah, um, that that's going to be an honor because then we we can maintain um, our entire vertical operation. We're going to have cultivation, manufacturing, delivery, and in a retail brick and mortar store. So I think I'm super excited about what's happening. And the timing, and it's just a, it's a great time to be alive in cannabis. Yes, yes, and yes, and shout out to you. That is a major accomplishment, and you're definitely a trailblazer and paving the way, you know, for other women of color to be able to do what you do. You know what I mean? Especially in Massachusetts and beyond, because it's important to see, you know, people who look like yourself in those spaces. And I know they're few and far in between. It's very. Uh, it's it's not a saturated market whatsoever when it comes to us, but the fact that, you know, you're there, you're showing up and you're, you know, ready and willing to get it done and actually educate people, which is the main thing that I feel like is missing when it comes to just talks about cannabis in general, just the actual knowledge. But a lot of times people don't want to know. They have their stigmas, they have their hangups, and that's what it is. Like, I just, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, what you do, how you guys progress. And just continuing to, you know, keep the knowledge going, you know, for for whoever seeks it, because people are going to be curious, people are going to want to know. And I just can't wait to hear those stories about, you know, just you schooling people and pretty much debunking all of the nonsense that they have, you know, been sold and, and, and bought into over this over over time, you know, because you start collecting those things and thinking that you know them to be facts when you just it's just a lack of information. 
No, it is. And one of the things that's cool about most um, cannabis markets, especially the recreational allowed states, is that most businesses have to have uh, a plan to positively impact their community. Mm, and a lot that. of and a lot of our plan is around education because mm-hmm. we know we know <laughs> the stigma and mm-hmm. i mean again we're we're opening a dispensary in literally the community we grew up in mm-hmm. um our ancestors live in um our ceo's um grandmother still lives in madpan um wow. so essentially like he lives in madpan his mama lives in mad like we are responsible to our community, AKA family first. So right. we want to make sure that we are teaching and we're having products that are not, you know, scary to our ancestors. Mm-hmm. If I know that it's mostly my mother's age folks and I know what the stigma is, then maybe we need to have products on the shelves that welcome them into this part of the plant without really threatening their spiritual or stigma or anything that they have a hang up about. Exactly. Um, I, I, uh, you know, we want to give access. So like right. topicals and bath bombs and, and tinctures. Um, mm-hmm. And things that, honey. Yeah, <laughs> like th- things that look familiar to them, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Teas. I mean, I can't yes. wait till we start doing some teas, girl. I'm so excited. Ooh, you already know. I, I hope I already told y'all she's an herbalist. So I'm just saying, I hope you told your audience. Oh, I did. I did. They know I am certified in this thing. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) I can't wait. And those are the things that I think they're going to really introduce um, the the generation that's worried and afraid. um, Because I think people our age are more open to trying, right? Right. Um, Even if they don't have the knowledge, they are open to trying. Yeah. I mean, I kid you not. I, I know parents that have questions. I know people who are a little older who are like, I, I want to try. I've heard really good mm-hmm. things about it, but yep. I don't know how. I have a lot of these conversations and I love having those conversations. I love Me suggesting too. products. Yes. I love, you know, suggesting doses. Like, hey, start small, start with a mm-hmm. quarter of this instead of, you know. Yep. I love it because it's helped me, right? It's helped me find some of my favorites. Yes. Yes, so, yes, yes. That's, I mean, that's, I think the biggest hangups are, are around fear and, and ignorance and lack of yeah. knowledge. And I think yeah. that it's our responsibility as operators to make sure that we're educating uh, the folks. Most definitely, most definitely, because once again, seeing, you know, someone who looks like you, who can break it down in layman's terms, you know, and basically just speak to it from an experience standpoint, because that's another thing. There are a lot of, you know, even in the medical marijuana space, there are a lot of, and I'm sure you know this, clinicians and practitioners who don't necessarily partake. So they may know what you could expect or what you could experience, but it's like not from their actual own, yeah, this is what I do, so you should do this. It's more so like, yeah, take this, let me know if it works and we'll up or or reduce the dosage type of a thing. So it's like, that hands-on but you having having it from multi you know sides being from the legacy side being from the clinician side and just being a consumer yourself I think that's one going to be one of the main advantages to just being able to get people in the room and, and having a conversation where they don't have to feel intimidated with the information because that's another thing when you get intimidated with the information or you feel like it's too much or it's overwhelming or you're just not understanding and they're not coming from a place of actual consumption it's going to be hard to get or even gauge 
the experience for yourself to even want to experience whatever it is that they're speaking of because they just it's it's trial and error but it's in it's a trial and error that they can't really speak to so somebody like yourself I think that this is going to be honestly just what breaks the what breaks the ideology of what cannabis consumption looked like previously you know girl and that's so very important nail on the head because I'll tell you this even I before I was in this industry would you know I wouldn't take a CEO seriously if they were smoking a joint at a meeting but most Mm -hmm. people are consuming at business meetings (laughs) while we're having conversations um it's not weird um I <laughs> it's conference. not weird <laughs> no like I, I spoke at the New England Cannabis Conference and yes yes, um, yes. In, in, in between speaker breaks people were outside um just relaxing microdosing yeah, yeah. um like socializing and, and connecting with other folks and sharing stories it was really beautiful um it's gonna be interesting um the American Cannabis Nurses Association conference I'm also um speaking in in October in Colorado and yes. I'm just curious to see. I have not met that many publicly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as we want to educate, we're educating from um, the American Cannabis Nurses Association is an educating body. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're educating from the health benefits and perspectives. So a lot of the education is around consumption and dosages. And like you said, the things that you should expect and how to consume responsibly and what to source it from and how to right. get your medication from a medical, you know, a registered medical dispensary. Exactly. Um, not a adult use recreational, right? So it's right. going to be interesting to see how um, clinicians behave. I've met one of the coolest uh, research doctors in cannabis here in Massachusetts, Dr. McNabb. Um, I smoked with her and I was like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> like we're in this together. Uh, okay. I'm like, I'm a nurse here, a doctor. And we out here just passing a joint, huh? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a little sidebar, it's still COVID outside, y'all. Pass uh, responsibly. I will always support um, accessories. This is accessory called Just a Tip. It's a black woman owned glass blown tip that fits blunts. So you can pass responsibly. Um, it's yes. beautiful. Yes, I'll I'll send you her handle too, so you can tie yes, her. Please. Yes, amazing, yes. amazing stuff for real. Because it's still COVID outside, y'all, and people are at festivals, and you got to consume responsibly. But yeah, I think that that's going to be interesting to see what you know. And I always said people don't expect um, moms to consume. So moms talking about yes. it helps decrease the stigma. People yes. don't expect professionals and executives to consume. So people that our executives who consume responsibly and are talking about it are, are helping erase the stigma. Um, exactly. It's not just, you know, the, the hippie kid with the rock and roll t-shirt getting right. stoned under a bridge, right? Um, right. Or, you know, it's, it's everybody consumes. And, exactly. and if you start to create and normalize the images of people who are different, um, taking advantage of the plant, I think that that's a better campaign than the war on drugs. Um, was and I think 100%. that that's a responsibility of all the operators to really put that out there. I mean, that's a campaign I would invest in. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, absolutely. And okay, so for my final question, I want to know from you, what tips or advice do you have for anyone who is hesitant but interested in utilizing cannabis for anxiety slash depression? I would say educate yourself. And um, source responsibly. Mm -hmm. I can't say that enough. I had 
there are a lot of people who were gone too soon in the last 12 months because they had bad weed that was laced mm. with fentanyl. Yes. Um, you oh my need, goodness. If you can get lab tested and clean, uh, reputable products, I mean, source responsibly, I, I'm hoping that the entire patient can actually consume, even at the medical level at some point, and we can start to kind of remove the barriers for people having access but in the mm-hmm. meantime, please trust your source. Um, it's so important to get um, quality product. Otherwise, your experience is not going to be a good one, and it could be dangerous. 100%. 100%. And dangerous being the main thing because, um, like, in a place like where I live in Georgia, and it's so funny, I just had this conversation on Twitter, and people were really coming at my neck. Remember I told you about this yesterday. But I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, people are putting, you know, different little enhancers and this, like putting synthetic terpenes on top of, you know, already um, terpened buds and things like that, just to get that extra ar- aromatic um, element going on. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's something you should be consuming. And because it's not regulated damn near at all, because it's not legal here yet, um, people are kind of just it's still the wild west out here you know people are still kind of just doing what they want and figuring it out and then you have to think about just pesticides and different little things there are a lot of um, different components that come into the finishing process when it comes to cannabis as a whole so trust your source make sure it's a reliable source and like you know drew said do your research because that is going to be your main um, level of understanding. You know, hopefully you don't have a bad experience, but maybe start out even with the purchase size, something very small, very minor, so that you can really understand, you know, what it's supposed to look like, what it smells like, you know, break it down. Look at, like, if you, if you, if you even have something like, I would even go as far as to say, <laughs> if you're really interested, I mean, study it, look at it, you know, smell it, see see uh, if you can look up the name, you know, get any reviews, any type of source, so you can just get a better understanding of what it is that you're dealing with. But the main thing is making sure that the person or whoever you are sourcing it from is reliable, somebody that you actually trust. There are a lot of people doing um, bad things and, you know, it all is in the name and the game of profit. So they'll take your money and you'll be left with whatever you're left with now. I'm not talking about like anything um, detrimental or as far as, well, you know what? I can't even say that. Cause like you said, people have passed because of having their stuff laced with fentanyl. Um, I actually know somebody who had a bad experience and it ended up um, mentally um, making them um, schizophrenic. So it's one of those things where you definitely, you owe it to yourself to be responsible when you're sourcing for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> but yes all right well i appreciate you always 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 and you know we gotta have you back but this is our this is our 420 ish <laughs> <laughs> cannabis session it's been a long time coming i'm so grateful that you were able to grace my space and i appreciate you always 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 please sis, drop all your handles so people can get in touch and stay in touch with you and your projects and what you have coming up Absolutely. For uh, let's start with my personal Instagram. It's Drew, and that is D R U, and it's called. It's actually Drew Canna Queen. D R U C A N N A, on underscore Queen. So Drew Canna Queen, um, and then you can follow our dispensary Instagram page. It's 
the pot Boston. It's a black and white logo. It looks like a pot. <laughs> um, and then you can follow our cultivation and manufacturing um, Instagram page at Flower Express Boston. And that's F-L-O-W-E-R, the letter X-P-R-E-S-S, Boston. Um, and follow us just on social media. Stay in touch. Um, go to any one of our websites. Their links are in the bio. Um, sign up for our email list. So when we have messages and when we are actually fully operational, we can stay in touch with you and let you know how to find us. Um, the licensing journey is long, but it's, um, it's been rewarding. So I'm excited and I'm hoping that maybe when we do get open, um, some folks will come visit us from Georgia. <laughs> you know, I'll be one. So uh, yes, but like, I hope, yes, look, we can make it a whole campaign. Don't, don't get me to having some people come together. Like, look, we all going to Boston to go support. <laughs> my boo okay so (laughs) (laughs) let's get that together but I appreciate you so much um just for taking the time to you know express your cannabis knowledge I know that you are going to do the community a world of good we are in much much need of healing and sound you know people just basically trailblazing and making sure that you know the right things and the right parameters are in place so that this stigma can continue to come off of this beautiful flower that we love and call cannabis, right? Awesome. It is needed. So all that to say, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Once again, 21 and up, if you are interested in cannabis consumption in the legal state of wherever you live, if if it's not legal, don't do it. And on that note, I thank you so much for being here. I thank you so much for taking a listen. I thank you so much for checking in. And I will be back next month. What month is it? April. It'll be May. Yes, I'll be back for May. And we'll talk about some good stuff and all of that. I hope you're feeling good. I hope you have a great month. I hope your May turns out wonderful. We will check in soon. Peace. Peace. for tuning in to check please i would love to hear from you please feel free to leave a comment drop a topic that you would love for me to discuss and please share this with anyone you think could benefit from these dope reminders about self-love most importantly remember to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive all the episodes as they are released thank you so much again for joining me your hippie homegirl ari and i hope that you will join me again soon Peace, love, and light to us all.